Hi, everyone. Macworld Podcast host Philip Michaels here, and I'm with four men who uh, have something in common with Scott Forstall in that they've been asked to leave the Apple campus, too. It's the Macworld Pundit Showdown. Yes, it's that time again for uh, Macworld Podcast number 332 for December 12th, 2012, where we throw out the regular podcast format and shamelessly rip off the BBC's fighting talk show with our own version, The Pundit Showdown, in which we gather the best and brightest of the Mac universe and ask them questions, awarding them points for their very clever answers about the news of the day. Let's introduce the four people who will be fighting like cats and dogs to take home this title of Mackerel Pundit Showdown champion. For the 19th time we've done this, we've wasted our lives. Let's uh, let's meet a man, probably our, uh, he's won the most, but he's been on a bit of a losing streak lately. Um, and, and whenever someone goes on a losing streak, we, we change their theme music. It's editorial director Jason Snell. Thank you, Phil. Hey, you you know me. I do. That's from Bob Mould there. That is from Bob Mould. Hey, it's Bob Mould, the Fisker Do. That's right. And it's a song called Stupid Now, which I guess explains a lot about me. Yes. It reflects recent performances. Not so smart, am I? Yes. Perhaps the Crowded House will return in future episodes. Perhaps not. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of people who, who've been on a bit of a losing streak, um, we now welcome our, uh, well, my favorite Mackerel Pundit Showdown guest in the same sense that the Washington Generals are the <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters' <laughs> favorite opponent. He also has new theme music, or he has the same theme music he has that had the last time. You can't touch this. It's senior editor Roman Loyola. Hi, Roman. Hi, thanks for having me. I want to wish everyone a uh, happy holiday season that's too legit to quit. Mm, school's back, suckers, or whatever the, the lyric is from the song. I, I haven't listened to Hammer Time in years. Um, another senior editor from Macworld joins us. Same old theme music. Um, and hopefully his answers today will be shorter than his reviews of iOS 6. It's Dan Morin. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry that uh, nobody better in Reuters was available, but I'm, I'm here to serve my country and my publication. Very well. And finally, um, a non-Macworld senior editor, but still a senior editor. He uh, is the only man uh, uh, on our panel today who has never tasted the bitter sting of defeat in the Pundit Showdown. He is 1-0, having won our wow. live show last year at Macworld iWorld. It's uh, Jeff Carlson. Hi, Jeff. Hi there. Good, good choice of music. And um, you guys have had other ones besides between the one that I won and this one. Yes. Thought, well, we we like to vary it up, bring in new people. So I'm like, I'm I'm not really a, a returning champion. No, you but don't I get suppose... to defend your title on this show. No. Okay. But but still, the 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 most recent winner, I think, of all the people we have here today. And uh, for your benefit and for the benefit of the listeners, let's recap how we do the scoring. I ask a question. You'll give an answer. I'll award points. That's one point. Two points. Three points. We can also deduct points for answers that displease me. And we will begin with our first question. And it's all about this. We started with that first iPhone, and each and every year, we introduce new versions with new features, new innovations, each time setting a new bar for what is the gold standard 
in the phone marketplace. And we're going to do that again today. Today, we're going to introduce iPhone 5. Or is the question all about this? With Windows 8, we did not want to leave any seam uncovered. Much like Windows 1.0 needed the mouse to complete the experience, we wanted to give Windows 8 its own companion hardware innovation. What is this innovation? It's something new. Like he's reading a hostage It's something statement. different. <laughs> Sounds it's like a, a whole new family oh God, help of me. computing devices from Microsoft. Or is the question all about this? Kindle Fire HD. That was succinct, though. That was to the point. It's not done yet. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> a lot of dramatic pauses from Jeff Bezos. And pausing for effect. Still pausing. Say something. Developers. We decided to go big. <laughs> <laughs> yes, new iPhones, shrunken down iPads, a revamped Kindle lineup, even Microsoft getting into the act with the Surface. But what was the most noteworthy product release of 2012? Let's start with the man defending his title, in a way, Jeff Carlson. Oh, product release. Okay. I thought it was just like any sort of release, in any which case so, I would say. Any sort of release, Jeff. Answer however sort of you want. Well, then, Hold on before you do. <laughs> go right ahead. I think that, that that has to go to the movie Battleship because there were probably a lot of computing resources put into it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people got good work during the year. So I misunderstood the question. Off to a great start, Jeff Carlson, (laughs) defending his title, stuck on zero points. Jason Snell, show him how it's done. Well, you know, I wanted to I wanted to mention the the Retina iPad, which I think is a major release this year, and and, and of course the iPad Mini is also a stunning release. And now that I've mentioned them, that may make it harder for others. I don't know, but I took you at your word literally as well. Like Jeff Carlson, the most noteworthy release of 2012, Apple released Scott Forstall to tend to his garden at home. Very good, uh, Roman. Well. Th- as we noted, there are a lot. There were a lot of important releases during the year. Thank you for restating the question. Yes, but on November nineteenth, after years and years of being ready to rock, ACDC finally saluted its fans when they released their entire library to iTunes. And for me, the third album was of uh, ACDC's. The third album that I ever owned was ACDC's Back in Black, and I never bought the CD. So having the digital, having it available digitally lets me uh, recapture a little bit of my youth. Outstanding. Dan Morin, wrap this up for us. Well, at first I thought clearly it would be the iPad mini smart cover, um, but I'm reconsidering it. And I think maybe Mountain Lion, which would to me be the most noteworthy release of the year because uh, the just the fact of its existence, the fact that nobody saw it coming, and the indication that Apple's now dedicated to bringing much more frequent updates to OS X after letting the pace of development slow for a few years and bringing parity with iOS and shows the Mac still an integral part of the business. Very good. Let's move on to the next question. Hey, uh, as was alluded to earlier in Jason's answer, John Browett and Scott Forstall are leaving senior executive positions at Apple, not entirely by their own choosing. Because it's the holiday season, let's not dwell on the negative. Instead, who should Apple hire now and for what job? Let's let's start with Roman Loyola on this one, while Jeff uh, Carlson considers whether he understands this question. <laughs> Roman. 
Well, is there more than one question? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Point to Jeff Carlson. <laughs> uh, Apple's current ads are nice, and they're instantly recognizable as Apple ads. But they don't come close to having the charm of the old Apple versus PC ads with Justin Long and uh, John Hodgman. So I say Apple should hire them back for a new set of TV ads. The catch, though, is that uh, the war isn't Mac versus PC anymore. It's iOS versus Android. So this time, Justin Long is iOS, which isn't really that much of a stretch because the Mac is adopting a lot of iOS features. So the trick is to recast John Hodgman as Android and perhaps... Uh, Hodgman's character can say that since all the action is in mobile, he has decided to recompile himself as Android. And then we could have all the hijinks of the old Apple ads. He could be painted up like uh, Data from Star Trek. That could, yeah, I think he'd that need to part. grow a neck beard. Or you could get uh, <laughs> Brett Spinner in there. Yeah, it's it's possible. Mm-hmm. As Android. Oh, Also, yes. I, I thought they fired Justin Long. Oh, that was Scott Forstall. I can't tell those guys apart. <laughs> Jason Snell, since you're talking, keep talking. Uh, I wanted to go with Steven Sanofsky from Microsoft, although, I, you know, I because he's looking for work, right? Um, I, and I thought really seriously about Rory Reed, who is the CEO of AMD, because Apple can buy AMD, get its fabs, and uh, and make its own chips and go its own way, since there's the rumors that they're trying to break away from Intel. But I'm going to go with Ars Technica writer and podcaster John Syracuse. Um, he needs some sun, so he needs to move away from Massachusetts and get to the West Coast, come out to Cupertino. Get, we'll get together, have a few laughs, and um, he's a pro programmer. He's a podcaster. He's a user experience critic. He can give them information about OS X. Maybe he can finally get a new file system in there instead of HFS+. But I envision his role as being almost like an ombudsman for uh, a designated complainer, if you will, about iOS and uh, and OS X features. So I think John Syracuse, you know, let's let's take him out of his uh, his drudgery as a as a Perl programmer and let him live the dream in California where he can finally get some sun. Throw him in a closet somewhere. <laughs> they they could uh, they could have him write the user manuals and they would all be the size of phone books. <laughs> Don't open that door. That's the Syracuse room. <laughs> Dan Morton just... racking up points, and uh, and have you even answered this no. question yet, Dan? <laughs> I have not. Your your I'm turn right. then. All right. Uh, well, obviously, I think they should hire back the father of the iPod and Nest CEO Tony Fidel Boom. as senior vice president of kicking Scott Forshaw while he's down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, and seriously, no. I think that, that the the major challenge we're going to see from Apple in the next year is going to have to do with home entertainment. And I think uh, Robbie Bach, the former Microsoft president oh. of entertainment devices, would be an excellent choice to help take the uh, the Apple TV from a hobby to an actual product. Yeah, he. He ran the Zune project, sure, but he also oversaw the Xbox, which has been pretty successful, and he can drag uh, Jay Allard along for the ride. Jeff Carlson, have you had time to consider the question? Yes. Uh, well, why don't you answer then? No. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was, was I, I mean, you know, Apple is, is, is secretive and, you know, like, we all have a sense of what's going on at, at Apple, but, in like... Until they had the the big Tenegate, uh, um, you know, nobody really knew much about the giant um, echo chambers and, and and things. And so, like, there's a lot of secrecy going on. So I think that Apple should just uh, do like a, a Willy Wonka style ticket competition, cool. and uh, the winner gets to you know visit some heretofore unknown Skunk Works building, and then they're put in charge of privacy at Apple. The upside to that, it would be very cool. The downside is you would never hear or see the person again. So. 
instead, I'm going to say um, a, kind of a, an outside pick. Um, I think Gary Allen, who is the guy who does the IFO Apple Store blog, to either to either head up retail or to um, you know be involved in it some in some way because I think um, it seems like probably no one outside of Apple knows more about the company's retail. You know, Jeff and I agree that the solution to all of Apple's problems is getting people who write things on the Internet to fix them for them. Mm. <laughs> That's suspiciously self-serving. Yes. Well, at least none of us, like, we're saying, hey, hire me, Apple, that, which I believe Chris Breen did uh, a, a few episodes ago. <laughs> so point off to Chris Breen, uh, which we'll deduct from him the next time he's on the show. Uh, let's go to the scoreboard, as a matter of fact. Jeff Carlson has rallied back. He's still in last place, but he's on equal points with Roman Loyola, six points. Joint first place, Dan Morin and Jason Snell roaring into the lead with nine points. Mentor-mentee uh, uh, battle going on right there as we go to our next question. Uh, Maps was supposed to be iOS 6's marquee feature, but it's safe to say that it missed the mark, literally depending on where you were using it. What's another instance where a showcase feature didn't live up to expectations? Let's start with Dan Morin. Well, I, I thought maybe Siri, but Siri actually has its uses, and it's not too bad. And then I thought perhaps Ping, but they already took that out behind the barn and shot it, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Uh, I think Notification Center, to my mind, is the feature that doesn't live up to expectations. I, and I was thinking about that just this morning as I did my biweekly task of opening up Notification Center and clearing out every single notification that's been in there for the last two weeks. Um, stuff just sticks around. It doesn't go away. Messages get logged that they don't really need to be... It's really not what I hope to me. It's not not anything as customizable as something like Growl. Um, and it's just, it drives me kind of nuts most of the time. And I feel like more of my time spent managing Notification Center than actually having it be useful. Roman Loyola. Well, I first thought of OpenDoc, but then I thought I'd have to explain what OpenDoc is. <laughs> in my day, there were docs that were open, and there were parts that were put in them, and CyberDog was a browser, not a yes. dog or cyber. So I'm going to go with Thunderbolt. And Ooh, interesting. So Thunderbolt, it lives up to its performance, um, but everything around it is just kind of really disappointing. So instead of having this big bang of an introduction, it kind of came out with a whimper. There weren't enough peripherals. The cables are too expensive. And you have to use an adapter on top of an adapter on top of an adapter to use it. So Thunderbolt, I think, didn't live up to ex- expectations. Jeff Carlson. Can we count Mac OS 10, 10.0? We absolutely can. Okay. Um, actually, my, my real answer. Uh, um, I think the Messages app, um, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's got so much going for you. I love the fact that, that um, you can tie into iMessages and get notifications on all your devices and free text messaging with other people and all that. Like, that's great. But there's just still so many weird things. And I think on the top of my list, um, like, I want to have some control. Um, and, and maybe this is greater uh, iMessages than just Messages app, but I want more control over which device gets my attention. Um, I have a lot of devices for testing and things like that, and if somebody sends me a message, it's like you know the the cathedral bells going off all over my my office. I, I agree with Jeff with everything except he said, except where he said there's so much going for the Messages app. There's one thing going for the Messages app. <laughs> 
Uh, Jason Snell, wrap us up here. Well, I wanted to uh, say, I thought about saying Retina iPad or the iPad Mini, but I mm-hmm. think Scott Forstall being given his release is, wait, wait a second, sorry, <laughs> I'm on the wrong, maps took me to the wrong part of my question list. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the original File Vault. Which was which was sold to us as being a fantastic uh, way to secure our data on our laptops, so that if they got stolen, our data would be scrambled and nobody could get to it. And it turns out how the original file vault scrambled your data is it literally just scrambled your data, <laughs> and so you couldn't use it and it didn't work. And but but there's a cautionary tale here. Um, the original file vault was replaced by the new file vault, which uses core storage. It's completely invisible. I've got it running on my laptop. I worry that people haven't enabled it because of the name. It's given it such a bad name. But it has been redeemed. The new File Vault 2 works fantastically well. It has very little performance change. And uh, and your data is actually secure. So there, th- these things that we've complained about can be redeemed. Witness File Vault. And only because we complained about them. Yes. Well, again, so Apple write, should hire all writers solve all the problems. <laughs> That was the bell for the next question. Oh, and and so far these these um, these answers have actually been really well, really informative and helpful. That's going to change here because Sorry. I'm attending my first CES next month. Help me prepare for this massive event by sharing your own CES horror stories, or if you've never been to CES, your own trade show horror stories. Um, let's start off with Jason Snell to see if he can uh, work Scott Forstall into this answer. <laughs> Well, I, I sure hope not. Where I'm, given where I'm going with this, I, I um, just got forced all. My my first CES, I uh, I actually got the got a cold while I was there oh. because there's so many people and there are viruses and everything. And I remember very clearly, if I can paint you a little word picture of going back up to my room, that's perfect in the uh, in the Las Vegas Hilton. <laughs> and I had I some vendor had given me a Hershey bar, and I remember very distinctly wearing my pajamas. Eating the Hershey bar while curled up in the center of my king size bed while an NFL football playoff game played on the side. It was the Patriots, I believe, and I think they won. Um, and what makes it worse at dinner the night before I had lost my favorite sweatshirt? Oh. <laughs> Welcome to CES. Well, I don't think anyone could top that answer, but let's have Dan Morin try. And then Scott Forstall. No. Yes. Damon took the candy bar. Oh, no. I believe Scott Forstall has your sweatshirt. <laughs> In his garden. Um, well, Phil, I, I know you're a people person who really enjoys the press of the matting crowd. So I, I think you're really going to enjoy CES, especially just getting up close and personal with all those vendors and press and intelligentsia, rubbing elbows, rubbing other things. I don't know. Uh, the scariest thing of all for me, from my uh, my experiences at CES, uh, was I, I ended up sitting on a uh, on a bench in one of the long hallways in the Las Vegas Convention Center, uh, trying to get a Wi-Fi signal. You know, eking the last out of my MacBook battery, um, and just and and staring and constantly hitting refresh as I watched the live blog of the original iPhone announcement, cool. <laughs> because I was stuck in Las Vegas and everybody else was at MacWorld. And you know, just in general, speaking of Las Vegas as a as a city itself, I don't know if you've ever had beer goggles for an entire city, but that's pretty much what Las Vegas is like during the daytime. Wow. Uh, Jeff Carlson, uh, CES horror stories or trade show horror stories? I don't know if you've been to CES. I have been to CES. In fact, uh, uh, a frequent uh, Macworld person, Glenn Fleischman, and I decided to go one year. And that um, was your first mistake. It it really was. Um, (laughs) um, Actually, my answer is brief, and, and it's 
the answer is the Circus Circus Motor Lodge. <laughs> and I say that because I think it must be the only hotel on the Strip that our driver didn't believe us when we told him it existed. We were like, no, please take us to the Circus Circus Motor Lodge. He's like, no, that the place doesn't exist. We're like, no, no, really, it's it's here. We gave him the address, and he was he was adamant that that. Like it didn't exist, and it lived pretty much up to um, the uh, the hype of we wish that it didn't exist. Because now that that is not the is that the circus circus proper or is that the the offshoot circus? Yeah, circus circus is too fancy for the likes. That's the exactly right. Oh boy, <laughs> I remember going to circus circus as a kid, and it was this, it was amazing. And then so I was like, hey, circus circus, that's got to be fine, right? Yes. Not knowing you know what twenty five years of Las Vegas can do to a place. And, uh, yeah, Circus Circus Motor Lodge. Um, don't stay there. Just don't. Uh, <laughs> Roman Loyola. Uh, I went to CES Now that once. our Circus Circus adver- <laughs> advertising campaign has been ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Circus Sponsors. So when I went to CES, it was about 20 years ago, and it was probably more manageable back then, so I had a good experience. Uh, when I went to CES... Uh, a pass allowed you to go to the Adult Entertainment Expo, Ooh. which was the annual, annual <laughs> gathering of the sex entertainment industry. Go on. And so on my last day at CES, I decided to go to the porn show. And uh, it was a very interesting experience. Uh, what creeped me out wasn't the porn stars or the exhibitors, but the other attendees. Trying to walk through a crowd without wanting, without touching anybody—that was a yeah. very challenging experience. We need new uh, sound effects on the on the soundboard, Phil. Mm-hmm. For answers just like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So little did I know worse that. Than Jason's and, cold. and somewhere in an alternative <laughs> podcast, there's someone complaining about running into Roman at that uh, <laughs> at that yeah, expo. Yeah. Let's go to the so. scores. Speaking of complaining, uh, Roman is actually in last place after that last answer. Hard to hard to believe with 11 points. He's comfortable there. Uh, Jeff Carlson has inched ahead with 12 points. Dan Moore in 14. Jason Snell still setting the pace at 15. You know that Washington Generals analogy? It's like me going for the layoff, layup and it bounces off the rim. Right right now, Geese uh, Osborne and Curly Neal are doing the, the, the trick with the bucket and the confetti, and you're just standing there befuddled. You you can't do that. Uh, hey, hey, Roman, here's a basketball. Try to grab it. Oh. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin oh, no. leads off our next question. Is he question. on this podcast, too? <laughs> yes. He announced his plans for a Steve Jobs biopic, which will center around just three scenes of the Apple co-founder backstage before memorable product launches. We're not one to second-guess the man behind Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, but I want to hear your idea for the perfect Steve Jobs movie. Jeff Carlson. I hate to lean on a really tired trend, but... um, Lean away. (laughs) Picture this. You have to put your, your, your fingers in a little square in front of you. Steve Jobs returns from the dead and eats the brains of everyone who has ever said, if Steve Jobs were still alive. Awesome. <laughs> and then a band there. of handsome, intelligent Mac pundits parachutes in to save them. <laughs> oh, no. And then when one, when, one of the, when one of the other pundits screams, fanboy, they let the Jobs zombie finish its work. Awesome. Once again, people who write things on the Internet are the solution to all movie plot problems. <laughs> Three points there for Jeff Jason. Uh... I am picturing this. Call me crazy. I'm picturing this as a crazy. movie with three main scenes. Okay. All right. Um, at the West Coast Computer Fair, 
with an Apple II with Steve Wozniak, trying to explain to people what this product is. You get a sense of the color of the early days of the computer industry. Um, and then after after that, which is going to detail his, his early life and what led him to this point, we're going to cut to backstage at the 1997 Macworld Expo in San Francisco as Gil Emilio stretches for time. And you get – I'm viewing Gil Emilio as almost a Bartlett-esque figure where he's a little bit off screen and we, we hear about him. But the staff behind the scenes is worried, where's Steve? When's Steve going to get here? And Steve's back there basically watching Emilio twist in the wind because Steve's like having a, a, a glass of water and uh, taking his time. And that that is where we see everything about his comeback to Apple and how he's taking over for Emilio and uh, is going to write the ship. And then I would actually conclude with a third scene that is the Worldwide Developer Conference from 2011, which was Jobs' last time on stage. And his wife is is in the audience. There are photos of them together afterward hugging after his, his what it, what was his last keynote. And I think that's a great moment for him to reflect on his life and reflect on the turnaround that he has he has made from that previous keynote with Gil Emilio and how far Apple has come. So I think three scenes is great. Aaron Sorkin, you just picked the wrong three scenes. Okay. That, that answer was about as long as Gil Emilio's keynote. I have a treatment if you'd like to see it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dan Morin. Uh, clearly the perfect Steve Jobs movie is only one scene. Uh, we've never seen his direct, you know, like Jobs work directly behind the camera, but we've, we've seen his influence in all the commercials and videos that the company's made over the last decade. So there would be one scene. It would be a slow motion pan over the company's most iconic devices set against a white background backed by a simple melodic tune. And underneath it all, Johnny Ive will repeatedly whisper, Aluminium. <laughs> and scene two. There, there's it no it scene there, two. There is no scene two. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my! Roman. Uh, so from save, create, save this answer, Roman. Uh, to create a perfect Steve Jobs movie, I would actually boot Aaron Sorkin and replace him with Christopher Nolan, because Christopher Nolan's known for his nonlinear movies telling, and he's also known for Batman. So basically, what the story would be that uh, at, before he dies, Steve Jobs creates this kind of Batcave-like division of Apple that's working on transferring his essence to a computer or to a to a robot so tim cook can consult with that robot as ceo and then during the essence transfer apple technicians also sift through jobs's memory so you, then you go through the parts uh, of his past so that that is absolutely horrible <laughs> Well, it's no well, battleship. And, and, and zombies. Yeah. <laughs> we had zombie Steve Jobs, yeah. and you didn't say that was horrible. Well, that, that. Was, that was pretty horrible. Is it robot Steve Jobs? Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. It, yeah. It's like it's like um, a Total Recall, except with Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I my, wish I, my answer's looking better I thought, now. I thought you were it? almost good with, like, Steve Jobs Begins, you know, I, the Steve Jobs right. Rises. Yeah, I thought he was going to fight crime. Liam Neeson teaches Steve Jobs about kung fu. I regret <laughs> I regret everything about this. Okay, let's turn it over to the readers. Maybe they can come up with a better question than I just did. Um, <laughs> we go to Twitter. We ask uh, readers to do our work for us. And Reader Brett, his uh, Twitter handle is a series of unpronounceable consonants and numbers. Um, <laughs> so, so Twitter came up with this gem. Eddie Q has been tasked with improving both Siri and Maps after earlier efforts to whip MobileMe and iAd into shape. Should he pull off the job with Siri and Maps, what should he be tasked with fixing next? Roman. 
Well, really, the next big thing. No, that I come think he should Apple. fix Roman next time. <laughs> Kidding. Go on with your. There's a Steve Jobs robot. <laughs> 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 was that for you? Did you get no, no, that was for Roman. Oh, okay. That was for Roman. Well, the next big thing is really it's the spaceship campus. And it's supposed to change the way we think of corporate structures, but it keeps being delayed. So Q needs to use his fixes skills to deal with the bureaucracy of government and contractors to get that spaceship done. And as Dan Morin will tell you, too many trees on that campus. <laughs> Launch that spaceship, man. What's so great about trees? Launch it. Dan Morin. You know, tempted as I am to say iTunes 11, um, Eddie Q is more of a services guy. I think he did a good job stopping the bleeding with mobile me, but now that the triage has been done, it's time to go back and start thinking about how to actually develop a treatment that brings Apple's online service into the next stage of its life. Because you're still missing a ton of features like collaboration, um, anything to do with multi-users, working on sharing documents, even sharing documents between applications. And, and developers are still running into problems with the sort of black box nature of iCloud. You put some data in, maybe you get it back out. Syncing's always been kind of a, you know, a hit and miss. I, I think iCloud has been stabilized, but it, it needs to, it needs some work. Very well. Jeff Carlson. Um, my Mine goes in a similar vein uh, with, with iCloud, and not just because Dan's my hero, but um, <laughs> I gotta say um, uptime. You know, iTunes Match is, 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 you know, really pretty cool sometimes, Except when it just says, "Oh, we can't find Apple." Oh, you can't, you know, play any of your music. Oh, you know this. Um, you know, I, I mean, these are the days, especially with iCloud being such a prominent focus uh, by Apple and cloud computing, and you know, it's definitely where things are at. And yet, like, you just can't have the kind of downtime that that, that iCloud experiences. Uh, and Jason, did you did the questions actually say that he whipped iAd into shape? Because I think he maybe whipped iAd into oblivion, which might be <laughs> might be better. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say subscription services. Eddie Q is famous for being uh, the the deal maker with the with Hollywood and the and the the uh, the record uh, labels. And so that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to say he needs to uh, cut some deals. Subscription services are now a major part of. Uh, entertainment offerings. We've seen it with Netflix and with Amazon services, and we've seen it with Pandora and other services like that. Um, I, I think Apple needs to be a player in that, and because Apple has been so successful with the a la carte purchases, um, it's going to be a challenge for them, but they need to be there. We need to have an iTunes subscription that goes beyond iTunes Match, and we, I really think, need an Apple video subscription that gives you access to movies and uh, TV shows, too. Uh, I'd go to the scores, but Jason is so far ahead, we're really just battling for second place here. And quite the battle it is. As we go to our next question, our dear friend the Macalope couldn't be here today, or could he? Dun, dun, dun. No, he's not here. But if he were here, which tech pundit would he say caused him the most irritation during 2012? It's the golden envelope question. You're not n matching my answer to get the 10 bonus points. You're matching the Macalope. Oh, I emailed our oh, good friend no. the Macalope. And I, I was have thinking about, about asking him. I, I realized I'd be oh, cheating. Oh, my. Well, it's a shame you didn't. <laughs> he probably would have just kept giving us different answers, yeah, too, probably so that would have gone great. So why don't we start with you, Dan Morin? Well, I, I am the MacLove's editor, so I have the inside line there. Mm -hmm. um, surprisingly, I would say it's not Rob Enderly, maybe for the first time ever. Um, if, if I had to say the person who caused the most irritation is Dan Lyons, 
Um, this year, the erstwhile fake Steve Jobs not only got a new gig as the editor of uh, Read Write Web, which is now just Read Write, but he also wrote a piece for Gizmodo, which is a pretty good example of how two bad tastes taste terrible together. <laughs> Uh, and in fact, if if the Macalope were here, which obviously he isn't, I think he would be happy to take on fake Steve Jobs himself in a no-holds-barred cage match. Loser stops writing on the internet. Jason Snell. Well, I, I was going to say that I am the Macalope and take all credit for the Macalope. Just to churn the waters a little bit, I like to occasionally claim to be the Macalope. If anyone gets the golden envelope question, that they're, they're going they're to gonna be, be the Macalope. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> there's really only one answer here, and it's Gene Munster, analyst Gene Munster. Boom. The Macalope loves to skewer silly analysts as well as silly writers. And Gene Munster might be a perfectly nice guy. They keep letting him on the Apple uh, analyst calls every quarter, which I don't understand. Because Gene Munster, if you don't know, is obsessed with the concept that Apple is making its own TV. And one of these days, they're going to make a TV, and Gene Munster's going to say, see, I told you. And we're going to say, yeah, Gene, but you've been telling us for like five years now. Um, most recently, the Macalope skewered Gene Munster, though, because of Gene's uh, scientific analysis of the sales of Surface and iPad during uh, Black Friday, where he had like an intern with a lawn chair sit outside the Mall of America stores for Apple and Microsoft and count the number of people who came out of each store and declared that there were more iPad purchasers than Surface purchasers. However, he, it wasn't that scientific even because he the, the, the intern with the launcher was in front of one and then later was in front of another. So it wasn't even the same amount of time. Come on, get it together, Gene. And in the meantime, I think Macalope would agree. Gene Munster, number one with a bullet. Roman Loyola. Um, I, I actually have to ask a question first. Go, go right ahead. So if I were to say... Dan Lyon or Gene Munster. You could you could say those if you want. And it was the golden envelope answer. We would probably divvy up the points. Oh, so there's a little bit of gamesmanship there, involved. There could if be I some gamesmanship. That. Yeah. Okay. See, you could also be punished. Don't anger Phil. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I, I think I'll go with a different answer. I'll go with George Al, the guy who, like he's a back. phoenix rising, he's back <laughs> from the ashes, and he's a contributor to Byte, which is also back from the ashes, I guess. So he hasn't written a whole lot, uh, but when he does write. It's enough. It's it's like this explosion of irritation that just like covers the horns of the macalope, and you know it's like the flu season for a hypochondriac. You know it's out there. You know it's nearby. You're just waiting for it to happen. And the vaccine doesn't work. Uh, Jeff Carlson. Uh, respectfully, you're all wrong. Because <laughs> Um, it, it, that has to go to Catherine Noyes, um, or Noes or Noyes. Noise. Um, no comment. It, it, if not, <laughs> if if not because of the number of times that she's appeared in in Macalope columns, then the amount of frustrated antler scratches against the surrounding trees. Catherine is the one who who uh, you know basically screams to the heavens that uh, Android is winning because it's open, or Linux is winning because it's open. And what's amazing is that. She seems to write the same exact column every single time, and yet she still gets published. And so it's – I think that just in terms of, of, of tone, I can see uh, the Macalope, you know, with, with steaming antlers and red eyes just having to, you know, do a, a con-style noise. Mega points for Jeff Carlson, and thank you for the answer that will prove – to create many awkward discussions around the, the office at the IEG <laughs> Consumers SMB holiday since, party. Since she writes for PC World, boy, if the guy in charge of editorial for PC World were here, yes, he would tell Oof. you that she hasn't written as many of those in 2012 as she did in 2011. Mm. I'm oh, well, that's good. As a win. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you the identity 
the contents of the golden envelope are Dan Lyons, ladies and gentlemen. So that is 10 bonus points. To Mr. Dan Morin, and and oh, I'm and, telling you, when Apple comes out with a TV, Gene Munster is going to be the answer. <laughs> oh man, that day it's going to be the answer. He's going to be. I I was trying to play it cool when Roman said, "Well, what if I were to say Dan Lyons?" Yes, what would happen if you were to say that? <laughs> Unprecedented. Yes. So so Dan is the Macalope. So Dan is the Macalope. Everyone, <laughs> spread that on your your Twitter and your Facebook with your unpronounceable letters. Yes. <laughs> Apple put two long-standing rumors to rest this fall with the release of the iPhone 5 and the iPad mini, just so the folks in Cupertino don't rest on their laurels. What's the rumor the tech world will be harping on the next few months until Apple inevitably releases that product, too? Jason Snell, don't tell me it's an Apple TV. (laughs) I've got that on my list, but no. uh, I'm going to say it's the the Mac Pro replacement that was... That was actually offered by Tim Cook late, I think late last year or early this year. It was uh, June. It was the WWDC because oh, someone right. wrote him a note and said, hey, what, what's, the, what's so, the thing? So more than six months. He said in 2013, which at the time seems so far away, um, I will have something that will please our pro customers. What he didn't say was, I'll have a new Mac Pro for you. Because as we all know, the current Mac Pros are a really lame update to Mac Pros that were released in the 1990s, essentially. So um, I think that's what's on everybody's agenda right now. It's what is that product for pro users? Is it a Mac Pro? Is it something smaller than a Mac Pro? Is it a a super-powered iMac with a retina display? I don't know what it is, but I think we know it's coming. Tim Cook said it was coming. He's teasing us. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next few months. It's a a trap door that dumps everybody complaining about the Mac Pro into the swimming pool underneath. It's a trap! (laughs) You you have enough points, Dan Morin. (laughs) Roman Loyola. Uh, I'm going to go with the next version of OS X because uh, because it's the Johnny I factor. Now that he's in charge of the UI, people are going to be wondering what his influences are on the software, and people are going to be anxious to see that. So that I think that's going to generate a lot of noise. Jeff Carlson. Um, I think it's going to be the the Retina iPad Mini. Not that it's going to actually appear, uh, at least not. uh, I'm sure everybody's going to expect one in March because that was the old uh, iPad shipping schedule. But um, I, I think... It's because the iPad Mini, that's like like the one feature that everyone sort of hoped that it would have and and that a lot of people say, well, if it had the Retina display, I would buy one immediately. Um, And I think also because... it's going to be spun in such a way that you know Apple was so trapped by Android device makers uh, that you know having smaller form factors that they released the current iPad Mini one early just to survive the holiday shopping season. All right, and Dan Morin, who could just basically uh, blow raspberries into the microphone for the next uh, <laughs> twenty was, minutes and on, make the final. That was on my list. No. Um, uh, the clearly the iPhone six because people learned how to count. So obviously they're going to start thinking, well, what's next? But but Apple's trying to trying to be a little tricky about them, right? So we've had the 3G, the 3GS, the 4, the 4S, the 5. Everyone's thinking 5S, right? That's the next thing. But no, Apple's going to go straight to the 6 this year. They're going to, or maybe just the 7. I don't know. But it's the next iPhone because no one's ever satisfied with the current one. There's always something wrong with it, which means that it's just time for them to expect the best Apple iPhone ever. Increment number, repeat rumor. Going to the scoreboard, Dan Morin taking a victory lap with his uh, 
Golden uh, envelope. Thir- 34 points. Five, five bonus points for that? Ten. Ten. Uh, Ten. Uh, Jason, it used to be five. Jason Snow would normally have a commanding lead, but uh, now he's only got 29 points, so he's five points behind uh, 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 Dan. Jeff Carlson, five points behind Jason with 24 points. Roman Loyola has 20 as we go to our next you know, in a basketball game, 20 points is pretty good. Yes, it's very good. Yeah. Especially if you're the Washington general. Start, yeah. start heaving up three-pointers. And here's our next question that's all about this. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, we're in the height of the holiday shopping season, so let's do our civic duty to keep the economy humming along by suggesting a gift for the Mac lover who has Everything, Roman, you've got the, the most ground to make up. You start. Uh, there's a new camera out there that's pretty cool. It's the Lytro Lightfield camera. Boom. Uh, the, the interesting thing about this camera is that it captures the entire light field, and with the resulting image that you take with it, you can actually uh, click the image to refocus so that different parts of the image are in focus. So if you have something... And the background, that could be the thing that's in focus or something in the foreground. It's pretty cool. You can also change your perspective a little bit. So um, I think that's a really cool camera to try out to uh, give to somebody who has everything. Jeff Carlson. I, well, someone who has everything, I think, probably already knows their taste. So I would hate to, you know, tell them, oh, well, you need this color of of an iPod touch. Um, And so I'm going to sort of go to the fallback position of backup. If they don't have enough backup, um, I'm sorry, it's not if they don't have it. They don't have enough backup because um, nobody has enough backup. So, um, you know, whether it's inexpensive hard drives, uh, crash plan, something. Um, Because what's what's interesting is I, I think we all run into people who are like, you know, savvy on all sorts of fronts. And they're like, oh, so what do you do to back up your data? And they say, oh, you know, I burn a DVD every couple of years. So. Excellent, excellent suggestion. Uh, Thank you. Dan Morin. Well, if you've uh, already got a Mac or two and an iPad and an iPad mini, an iPhone, an iPod Touch, even an iPod Nano, there's one thing you're definitely going to need, and that's a 10-pack of lightning cables. Also, I'm guessing that you probably go through apps and music and video like water, so an iTunes gift card never goes amiss. Mm -hmm. And might I recommend a bigger house? That'll keep that economy pumped up. Jason Snell. I keyed off of the fact that you said it's a gift for the Mac lover who has everything. And for that person, I'll say, you know what? You may not have a, uh, an iOS device or you may only have an iPhone. You're a Mac lover. I think you would really like the iPad mini. It's the lowest priced iPad. It's very small. You can There are places your Mac can't go or you don't want it to go. Even on the couch, you, if you've got a laptop, you've got that big heavy laptop there – let it let it sit somewhere else and bring the iPad Mini with you. It's I, I've been using mine for the last few weeks, and I really like it. And I think it's a great accessory for the Mac user who has everything. That's a that's an adequate answer. Thank you. All my other answers were taken. Mm. <laughs> he said couch, but he meant toilet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's uh, move on. Speaking of the holidays, who in the tech world has been naughty and who has been nice? Dan Morin. Well, the lump of coal clearly goes to Scott Thompson, the former Yahoo CEO who lied on his resume about having a a degree in computer science. Um, 
Also, possibly anybody involved with HP's acquisition of autonomy, which seems to have just blown up in everybody's face. Uh, on the flip side, I'd actually put the the new Yahoo CEO, Marissa Mayer, on the presumptive nice list. Um, she's just started out and she's sort of still finding her footing, but she seems to have a plan and genuinely appears passionate about Yahoo's prospects, which has not been true of anybody involved with Yahoo in the last decade. Or I think anyone in the Western world in the last decade. Uh, Jeff Carlson. Um, I, I think Naughty has to go to Dan Lyons because he's 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 crossed over that, that points aren't that, available anymore, Jeff. <laughs> he's crossed over that line of like 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 I know that I could write sensible things and I have written sensible things in the past, but I'm not going to just because I need to start this fledgling business or you know drive up hit counts or just. I, I honestly don't know what's going on in his head. Um, so he's definitely on the naughty. Um, I think uh, in terms of nice, maybe it's sad that I couldn't think of any, any nice. Um, it's very the, the, sad. Very sad. Well, the, 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 <laughs> the thing that came to mind actually was um, every spouse of a tech writer gets, gets the nice list oh. because, um, you know, honestly, we have to – it's all about us, especially because we write on the internet. And, um, yeah. Once again, we'll, people married to people who yeah. write on the internet. Are the exactly, all the we'll make it up to them once Apple hires us. Okay, so exactly. uh, just to, to focus on the the Dan Lyons thing, it's like Smithers told Mr. Burns, "You've moved into a level of cartoon supervillainy at this point." <laughs> Although he did write a very good piece on um, on the uh, the tech uh, venture capital crazy money being thrown around so that he found his yep. he, he found his nut for the winter and that, that, and, that made me quite deeply disconcerted that perhaps um, that since I agreed with him that I was horribly horribly wrong about venture capitalists <laughs> and I should love them yes that was actually fake Dan Lyons <laughs> oh Dan Warren yeah, more points about Dan Lyons Jason you haven't answered naughty 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 Nokia who faked a bunch of photos from their cell phone with the great oh, camera yes. that's the best camera in a cell phone ever and they did this entire thing and there was video on the internet which happens now everything has video on the internet showing them with a whole camera crew faking their video and stills with a lighting rig and a high def camera um, and the saddest part about it naughty naughty Nokia is you didn't have to do it it is the best cell phone camera out there. You didn't have to fake it. You just had to put in a little extra effort and be honest. And you didn't even do that. So shame, lump of coal, nothing for you. And nice, I'm going to say Tim Cook is on the nice list. This is Tim. Thank you, Tim. Because Tim, you know what Tim does? He calls up people like Samsung. He ta- calls up people like, actually, HTC is a great example, right? And says, this is Tim. I know the previous guy who had my office was going to go thermonuclear on all of you. But I'm, I'm like the good cop. You can reason with me. Let's make a deal. And Tim comes across as being this nice fellow. He wants to settle all the old scores and move forward. So he's being nice. He's playing ball. I say Tim Cook is on the nice list. And he can always mention, and if you don't want to settle with me, they've built a robot out of Steve Jobs. You don't want me to get the robot on the phone. No, don't get the robot. Don't make me call Eddie. Or the zombie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. iTunes 11 Yeah, I didn't get to answer that question. You didn't? (laughs) Phil Michaels has been naughty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm very sorry, Roman. I just saw a low score told. I know I'm behind, but you know. (laughs) Even even if you did answer, let me answer again. Pat my personal stats. Exactly. So so according to the government of Belize, John McAfee (laughs) has been very, very naughty. (laughs) Back in with a shout. (laughs) 
So I also go with Velvin Hogan, the jury foreman for the Apple Samsung case. He didn't disclose his past involvement in a lawsuit with Seagate. Now, it remains to be seen whether that he was really guilty of misconduct, but he should have said something in the first place. And then on the nice list, I have actually HTC CEO Peter Chow. Speaking of litigation, he came to a, he, HTC settled with Apple, and that saves us from hearing about another patent case. You know, somebody mentioned statistical integrity there, and it makes me want to say out to the vast uh, Pundit Showdown audience that if if there is like a baseball reference and a football reference, if somebody is compiling all the statistics for all the scores for Mac Pundit Showdown, or hey, could go back and listen to all the old episodes and compile complete scores, you do that. I'd love to see that, but I'm not going to do any other work myself. The Pundit Showdown Supercast. Yeah, I want it. I want it. I want the Pundit Showdown Ultimate uh, Stats Guide. Very get on, well. Get on that. Yeah. You'll get 10 bonus points for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that people will jump at the chance to listen to it's these. the internet. Yeah. Isn't there a true. rule about that? Um, hey, I was going to ask a question about iTunes 11 before <laughs> Roman so rudely interrupted me. <laughs> and I'd like to know, Roman, what song best describes your feelings about iTunes 11? I believe you brought, a, brought an example for the class. Yes. The song I went with is by a band called the Scaramanga Six. Lightly in the background. Yes. And it's a song called Helvetica because of the use of the font in iTunes a lot. That's it. There you go. Jeff Carlson. I wanted to say I can't get no satisfaction, the Devo version. But um, I would have given you two points for the Stones. Oh, oh. I know, but, you know. You can't just, like, throw the stones around like that. You can't always get what um, you want. <laughs> 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 Never throw your stones around like that. Um, I'm sorry. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll just stick with that because it's kind of downhill from there. Okay. <laughs> knowing me, knowing you from ABBA because there's so much that's, that's, that's familiar that sort of looks the same. I'm done. Now you're done. <laughs> Jason. Well, I uh, there's a feature in iTunes 11 that I have really wanted since iTunes began, and uh, and so I picked. Uh, <laughs> What's up by Four Non Blondes? Because up next, which actually tells me what is going to be played next, I can adjust the shuffle, I can add songs to the queue, I've got much more control over what my music is going to be. Way better than Party Shuffle. It's everything I wished Party Shuffle was and never was. Up next, now I know what's going on. And Dan Morin. Oh, well, as much as I considered the Postal Service's This Place is a Prison, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good, or, or possibly the ACDC in, in a nod to Roman, Highway to Hell, also a good question. I think I'm going to have to go I think I have to go with the, uh, the U2 classic. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I, I, I could just... Hit this about three times. For all it matters, because yeah, I got a longer list. I go through the rest of it. But you're ruining the statistical integrity. <laughs> all I'll say is this: um, two points separates second place from last place. Wow! As we wow. head into this final question, I mean, Dan Dan Morin is in the clubhouse. We'll, we'll ask him the, the the question first, and he can just He's playing cards he, he can just say Anderson. herp derp into the mic and, and, and go go get a snack, and then we can we can battle it out. But our last question is this: We've asked about the biggest products of 2012 at the start of the show. Let's end the show by asking about what product we'll be talking about in this podcast, assuming we're we're, we're not 
fired in 2013. So let's start off with Dan Morin. Well, it uh, it will have been about a year yeah, since the apocalypse began. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I imagine we'll be having ardent discussions about how we've managed to forage for food and how all our now non-functional technology does nothing to keep us warm at night. Well, and I think Steve we'll look Jobs back zombies. on the idea of a, uh, a podcast with a mixture of nostalgia and bitterness. Yes, but it's uh, going to be a clean apocalypse or a dirty apocalypse. Oh, it's going to be dirty. It's going to okay. be very dirty. I mean, I think the, st- and the stakes in next year's Pundit Showdown will be much, much higher because the loser will be exiled Ro- from the community. Roman. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I can lift heavy things. That's a, that's a point for actually giving a giving a, an answer, and, and you're losing a point for wasting all our time by giving an answer because you're in the final, man. I've seen lots of views now. I'm here to entertain. Yes, Jason Snell. Uh, it, it's going to be really hard. It's a hard decision. I think uh, Retina iMac may be on our agenda in a year. I think it's equally possible that a Retina MacBook Air might be on our agenda. But I will say this with certainty. Whatever product we're talking about is the biggest product of 2013, it will be something that features Retina display as its most important feature. All right. Jeff Carlson. Well, my initial uh, ideas also tended toward the toward the retina. Um, I, I would like to see you know a retina external display would be very cool. But I think actually I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think we're going to be talking about cars that are running custom iOS software now that uh, Eddie Q is the is on the board of um, uh, Ferrari, Ferrari. <laughs> Lamborghini. Ferrari. Um, yes, uh, but. Um, <laughs> He's on the board of Fast Car Incorporated, some some such. Um, but uh, I think that that, that we're going to see some sort of of, of iOS implementation, um, if only because I've been in cars that have the the Microsoft version and they don't feel as safe. So I think we're going to go go with the, the cars. Roman Loyola. I think we're going to be talking about the uh, really great Mac Pro, Jason alluded to this a little bit. Uh, Apple's been going thinner and smaller. Cool. And I think there's been a little bit of uh, people have been a little disappointed that Apple hasn't had a great leap in design lately with its hardware. And this is an opportunity for Apple to do that with the Mac Pro, that it could be so drastically different that it'll get uh, people talking again. All right. Let's check the scores. Dan Morin, of course, well, well, let's let's just say he had uh, 46 points. <laughs> Roman Loyola, good show at the end, 35 points. Jeff Carlson, 36 points. That means our other finalist is Jason Snell with 37 points. Ooh. Very exciting as we go to our final Defend the Indefensible. Dan Moore and Jason Snell squaring off. I will read a statement. They will have 20 seconds to defend it. No matter what I say, they have to defend it. As if they believe it entirely. Dan, you, I believe, set the points record, so you get to decide whether you are going first or second. I will go second. All right. Jason, here's yours. Whatever design decisions Johnny Ive may make to Mac software, he'd be a fool to get rid of the skeuomorphic look of Apple's current apps. 
Well, the fact is that, in, in fact, uh, Apple, Apple's curling apps don't go far enough. I want more leather. I want more textures. I want, uh, I want vinyl. I want cotton. I want, uh, I want Johnny Ive to be pulling out all of his dresser drawers and throwing his underpants on a scanner and saying, what is this texture? Is it aluminum? I, I could put this in the, in the mail client. The mail, now the mail client looks like the waistband from my jeans. Awesome. That's, uh. what, I, that's what I want to see. More skeromorphism now. Aluminium underwear. <laughs> it's really my next band. Yes. Sorry. Oh, All right. Sorry. That is a big mountain to climb, Dan Morin, but I think you can do it. I'm trying to decide whether I should. No, not that one. <laughs> we already covered John McAfee. Yeah, that one's too. That, that one's too fraught with peril. I don't care what the jury in San Jose said. Tim Cook needs to get on the phone with Samsung right now and agree to every one of their demands. Well, I mean, obviously, but that doesn't take it far enough. Tim Cook needs to go and get on a plane, fly to South Korea, show up in the capital, drive himself to the uh, the Samsung corporate headquarters, and just lay the keys to one infinite loop right on the CEO's desk because there's no reason to do anything more. They might as well just shut up shop and give their money back to the shareholders. Awesome. Wow. I am not sure in which direction to go, but I think any time you use the word skeuomorphic underwear or al- aluminum underwear, <laughs> where, you you uh, you have to give the title to Jason Snell. Jason, Bob Mould is retired. Oh, yay! <laughs> Crowded House is back. <laughs> We'd like to thank champion Jason Snell, as well as Dan Morin and Jeff Carlson and Roman Loyola. Thank you, listener, for enduring what has been another Mackerel Pundit Showdown. We'll be with you again. Be sure to wear your aluminum underwear. Take care. Johnny Ive is British, so he would probably say aluminum pants.